This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield, and joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. Justin Davis. Scoop. And sitting in for Tina this week, Michael Swaim returns to the show. Welcome back, Michael Swaim. Howdy, howdy. Great to be here. I'll say it for you. Swaim Scoop. And we've got a great show for you this week. Big, big show. Uh, E3 is E3 2021 is behind us. The first E3 in two years, the first all digital E3. Lots of games, lots of stuff to talk about. Interesting show. I think a lot of people have a lot of different opinions uh, about the show this year. So we're going to dive right into that. Let's start. Mm, I want to start with Michael Swaim, actually, because, um, you know, let's just be real. A lot of people were disappointed in E3 this year, but not Michael Swaim. And I want him to explain. Yeah, we were talking a bit before uh, we started rolling. I uh, I think I'm in a unique position on the panel here because I joined IGN about 17, 18 months ago. So I've now done two E3s that were fully digital, well, virtual, whatever you want to call it. Two bullshit remote. E3s. And uh, yeah, when I joined the company, I did say to my girlfriend, oh, maybe I'll finally achieve my childhood dream of going to E3. And I still might. <laughs> Next year or the year after, we'll see if there's any delays. But uh, yeah, it's I, I saw it on the run of show. Like, what? How would you rank this E3? And I feel yeah. like I'm kind of unfit to do that. But as no, a, it's great. You can well, just say number. Com- it's your favorite. It's the number one one you've worked. <laughs> it's true. I can't compare it to like a lived experience, but it definitely beat last year's E3. I think for obvious like geopolitical reality reasons, but. Uh, I was really pleasantly surprised with most of the showcases, and I'm sure we'll dig into the ones that mm-hmm. were just kind of a blur to me or a map. But 
I honestly thought uh, a lot of people made really sh- strong showings, and I found myself genuinely way more excited for the gaming slate coming out of it than I was going in. And what else do you want from an E3? Other than, like, seeing people, being in a place, getting to see something other than... All the house, E3 but, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there were definitely a lot of exciting announcements. There's also a lot of just filler content. I think maybe E3 should have been one day... Just put all mm-hmm. one day, skip the, the the filler panels and just have like Ubisoft, Square Enix, uh, Capcom, Microsoft, and Nintendo just all go back to back on one day. I think people would have been a little bit more excited with that. that would we would have so died, great. though. We, we might have died. Really? But it would have been a good I, death. But we'd all, at the end of that day, imagine the relief we'd feel. Yeah. And then you'd get to actually let your mind unravel and... Think back over all the huge reveals you just saw. I do think that's a great idea, honestly. I've been watching, I follow a lot of, uh, you know, game industry folks and peers on Twitter. And one of the secrets of working E3 is that, you know, you're furiously writing a piece of news or Mm -hmm. writing a headline or, you know, whatever, like, you know, doing whatever your task is. And then you have E3 up on a second monitor. And so I've seen a lot of people on my feed, like, well, yes, it's time to watch E3 and check all the, you know, actually sit down and mm-hmm. watch with a critical eye all yeah. the trailers and demos and interviews and stuff that you that you only get a chance to like half pay attention to in the moment. So, um, so that that's that's just something that people that are at home are probably experiencing the show in a little bit different way. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The big thing for me that's that's and I'll get I actually I, I've been enjoying E3. I, I'm actually not down on E3. Uh, the thing I'm missing is that like uh, the role that that we can play in this is really important. And that's that we should be playing games mm-hmm. and telling people what those games are like, because right now only the people that are making those games and are selling those games are telling what people what those games are like. And, you know, that's wrong. That's a that's a there's a critical <laughs> failure there that I can't wait to be reversed. Um, but I did like watching a bunch of game uh, uh, conferences. Uh, I love Microsoft and and Nintendo every year and Sony. Uh, I don't think Sony's ever coming back. So I think we are we're also facing this like second year of, you know, Sony being absent entirely uh, remotely, but also Sony was absent entirely for one year when we were at E3 once too. And it just feels different, you know? Like it's really strange not having Sony. Um, but I think the heights for me were absolutely microsoft and nintendo and micro seeing microsoft include bethesda was so fun and it made it so much more interesting and it made their lineup more interesting and then i think nintendo really brought it like i thought nintendo's lineup was fantastic and you know all you need to do is really show me uh the sequel to breath of the wild to really get me jazzed but uh they did so that was great they didn't last year May I ask, does the business logic behind why sony separated itself and just wants to do its own conference do you think that holds for other big companies? Like, are will we ever see E3 sort of iceberg apart and float away? Right when I joined the company and could theoretically go. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're at that inflection point now where, like, you know, EA kind of has been doing its own fake E3 thing, glomming on right next door for a while. And then, you know, Sony came and went. So I think, I think next year is really going to tell the tale of, like, is this show going to continue existing in a in a form that we're all familiar with yeah sometimes sometimes i think the esa is just <clears throat> barely being held together it's a very fragile yeah. organization yeah. i think and they had you know before things kicked off i think it was on saturday they had a little presentation just from phil spencer talking about how he thinks e3 is important and he hopes other publishers will continue to support 
E3 and participate in E3. So there's something about ESA sort of let's get Phil out there to talk up E3, you know. <laughs> it's unclear uh, to me too, to answer your question further, Michael, if that, you know, shows that trade shows that fan basing shows, any of those things, like, are those going to come back? Are they going to come back twice as enthusiastic and big because people have been cooped up for two years or are people going to be reluctant to go to them and they will never come back or take a long time to come back. That's, that, that's something that could yeah. further affect E3 because it's an in-person Thank event. You. Judging by the viral video that's been going around of the line at Disneyland yeah. on the first day you were allowed to come without masks on, yeah. which a is fair yesterday. slice of society are ready to go back and don't care. Like, they got the vaccine and they're ready to go wherever they want to go. Uh, I am not endorsing or decrying that point of view. Yeah, it's just it's something to think about when you're booking the convention center for this week next year, right? For yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's, talk into, let's talk about Microsoft. <clears throat> Definitely one of the biggest news items of the show is <clears throat> Starfield getting a release date, 11-11-22, 11 years to the day that Skyrim was released, <laughs> and giving us a little a little short cinematic trailer. Um, that's all big news. Oh, and, and um, establishing that it is a console exclusive to Xbox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was all a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was funny that, like, even after, after the dust settled on that, it was kind of like, oh, wait, we still don't really know much about what this game is. No. We, we no. learned more later, but in the immediate immediate aftermath of that conference, you know. Yep. I mean, I like the premise and I like the tone that they're striking. I was talking with someone, maybe Zach, about how a pet peeve of mine, and I'm playing through Mass Effect right now and absolutely loving it, but a pet peeve of mine in that game and sci-fi stories in general is how when the player or if you're reading a book, you know, the reader steps into that world, it's always so established. And so the premise of this game being early space exploration and sort of mankind's sort of earlier er, er, first steps into the stars is like very, very exciting to me. I don't know if the game is that, but I like the idea that everywhere you go, is kind of the first time that someone's been there and that pioneering spirit. Um, I hope that, that uh, I get the vibe that that's what Starfield is kind of all about. And um, I hope that that's the promise that they deliver on. And, and you're not just, um, you know, stepping into a place where, well, you know, humankind has had a colony here for 200 years or who knows what. Like, that's a little bit less interesting to me just from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah, it looks like on. it. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it, it, I mean, if it's a Fallout-like, I think that's a good thing because I, as much as I've traditionally liked the Fallout universe, I want to see something different. But I do like, you know, big Bethesda <laughs> RPGs. And so, you know, if this is going from planet to planet, I, I'm thinking of it kind of like an Outer Worlds thing. Like, I, I feel like it's going to be going to planet to planet and exploring these these large but separated environments and maybe with a little bit more of a, you can touch down on rando planets vibe. I, I have no idea, though, but I would love that game. Like, what I just described is, like, my jam. That would yeah. be, like, so ideal for me. So I'd really like that. Well, later on that... Action- oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, <clears throat> later on that day, on Sunday, Todd Howard... Uh, described it on a podcast as Skyrim in space. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, okay, Which I, that's, like, that's all I needed to know. That's all I needed to know. It's, it's like the least surprising. It's like, it's like, okay, say it out loud yeah. so that everybody yeah. knows yes. it and absorbs it. But it's like, it's the most no shit thing yeah. to have like, to, to have described. Mm-hmm. I'm all yeah. in. That'd be great. And yeah, I, I think sure. that I always describe fallout, even though it predates our, uh, uh, the, the concept of 3D kind of Elder Scrolls stuff. Like, I mean, that's like, that always was the sci-fi Skyrim, right? But it's not in space. And it's mm-hmm. really, really like, uh, 
you know, it's post-apocalyptic. So everything is dirty and grimy and, you know, the beauty comes in interesting ways, but it's not constant usually or in sewage. Um, I would love to see like a really beautiful uh, space game version of, of Skyrim. That'd be very different than Fallout. Fallout also yeah. has a very um, satirical, cynical sort of, of course, things mm-hmm. fell apart, humans suck kind of tongue in cheek tone. This feels like uplifting human spirit, pioneering, like Justin said, which is a very different tone. And I think tone mm-hmm. is really important these days when you're making a space game. They even had a little montage during that showcase where they called attention to the fact that they're like, yeah, a lot of these games are set in space. It's <laughs> look, we're going big on space. So I think you do have to pick your spot, your tone, your level of technology. It's interesting to see all these big developers be fascinated with space and yet map out very distinct ways to tackle that. I I just, the first space game where you travel to different planets and they have variable gravity will win my mm. heart. No one ever <laughs> does that, and it always bothers me. Every planet <laughs> is apparently the exact same mass. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to yeah. think of something that counted. Yeah, I mean, like No Man's Sky, everything's the same mass, right? And it's definitely, yeah, I think yeah. Destiny, Ma- the moon level. Mass Effect, Mass Effect, like sci-fi hand waves that away by saying that there's Mass Effect fields that like mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, that uplifting, um, optimistic sci-fi, that more Star Trekky view mm-hmm. of uh, what space can be. Like, is that realistic? Is that what it'll really be like in 400 years? Like, you know, no, <laughs> sadly. But um, but like that's what I enjoy consuming just as a gamer and as as those are the stories that I like and enjoy. So sure. Give me one so, second. I gotta let my dog out. Sorry. Okay, no problem. Uh anyway, Starfield, it's coming next year. It's Xbox exclusive and an Xbox Series X exclusive. Not coming to Xbox One, so a full next-gen release. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Sick. 
Sam, what mm-hmm. did you think about Halo? So, uh, you know, like they didn't show a lot more of the single player stuff in Halo that I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they kind of showed that open world space and it, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, that's what they showed before when they were like, this is like a big open place for you to explore. They just kind of showed a pulled out view of that. Right. So maybe I mean, that's like all they want to show for now. I mean, that, yeah. that's the kind of thing where I'm like, okay, if you're going to, if you're going to describe a, a game with a big world, like. Show me something new, maybe, but I don't know. They're being a little bit secretive with it, but um, my my knowledge of what Halo was going into this and what it is coming out of it is like basically exactly the same. So, mm-hmm. still excited. Yeah, because you're mostly focused, you're interested in that campaign, yeah, in right. that open world. Like, they they did a big dive in on multiplayer, mm-hmm. which, you know, I that's got to be, I don't know if like the Bungie net stats are still online, but I'm sure it's my most played multiplayer game of all time. And, um, the older my kids get, I'm actually like, oh, like maybe they're old enough and I have enough free time now. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're like, Halo's ready we're like, now. So. Well, not not to play with them, but just I'm at a state in my life where like maybe I can just sit down and veg oh, out to, okay. oh, to you know, 10 yeah. matches of Halo yeah. multiplayer. You have free again. time like, again. Like that was, that was what Fortnite is now for a whole generation of gamers of like, that was the social space to go in and hang out and play zombies in Halo two or whatever it was. And um, I absolutely love, and I'm a hundred percent on board with their vision for Halo and how they're doing something actually kind of clever. They're doing two things. One it's free to play, which yeah, it's wild. they did, which they did announce and talk about. But to me, like they should be scream like, it's a bigger deal than I think they're making it out to be that this is just free. It's free and it's crossplay on PC and console. That's so awesome. And like they have a really clever battle pass set up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the other interesting thing is they're sort of bifurcating the experience with, you know, the little bit more hardcore, serious 4v4 arena. And then the big team battles that are just crazy chaos mm-hmm. and vehicles and just insanity and sort of recognizing that, um, you know, they're these two sort of separate but related, uh, you know, sort of cousins and gameplay experiences to each other, and um, and that and that they can deliver on both. I think is really smart, and um, I'm really really excited about it. And you know, 120 FPS, like just every single box that they're taking, I'm like, yep, let's go. In the uh, multiplayer showcase, I really like the uh, custom AI. I thought that was really cool. Where you know mm-hmm. whatever is piped into your into your speakers is like you know its own voice, and I can't wait to see what the options are there. Mm-hmm. And then like the 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 actual going back to single player, like you know the, the actual gate trailer they basically showed with like kind of an AI talking about being an AI and Cortana. That's actually one of my favorite parts of Halo lore. So like I'm I'm pretty excited about that part of it. And uh, yeah, I mean like I, I wish that game had been out for the many months it should be by now, and I can't wait to, can't wait to play it. Swim, are you it still said twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one, right? That's all they said. Or, 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 yeah, like, holiday, holiday twenty twenty one. Yeah, so yeah. they can't put a date on it. Yet. I wonder, and I and this is not a thought that I had prior to this moment. So feel free to pick it apart in the comments, folks. But like, maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna decouple the campaign from mm-hmm. the multiplayer. That's yeah. some people have you know theorized about that. I think Xbox has said that's not the plan, but. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's strange that Starfield can get a release date 18 months from now, but Halo Infinite, which was supposed to be out last November, still can't get a date. Yeah. The the other theory I've heard about that is that we don't have a date for Call of Duty yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. they're just kind of trying. Maybe they're waiting and they're going to they're going to stay out of the way mm-hmm. of Call of Duty. I, um, that would make sense. I would get yeah. that. 
if you're but just watching. Do we expect that date to stick no matter what? Like, is how how delay prone is Bethesda historically? Not not too uh, delay prone, right? Bungie, Bungie. They've got well, three four. Not Bungie sure. anymore, though. It's three four three. three, yeah, four, three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't Bungie. think they want to give up that. It's a eleven eleven twenty two. I don't think they want to give up that aesthetically right. pleasing it has, date. It has significance, so it's probably yeah. not going to budge for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, in the case of Halo. Um, they won't announce a date until they're positive that they're going to hit that date since it was already pushed back an entire year. Um, no, it's definitely not a sign of confidence. Like I don't want to draw too many conclusions like, Oh, the game must be in trouble, but like, it's not a good thing that they didn't commit to a date. Like I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. There's also, and I haven't, I haven't been able to look at the discussion of this and see technically what people are seeing in the, in the game, but, I absolutely expected after the criticism last E3 of mm-hmm. the graphics, mm-hmm. for if anything was shown in, in single player besides the big long cutscene they showed, which I th- did, do think looked good, if yeah. they showed the open world again, that it would look different. Maybe, um, you know, I would expect a different level of detail, maybe not necessarily quote unquote better graphics, but like they re- they delayed and responded to the game. They, re- they did like a, a community response and like, mm-hmm. It just it just looked the same to me, so I don't really but know what they're what they're I mean, doing there. The thing to me is they didn't show any single player campaign gameplay no. this time out, which is what I, I, I just like you're saying. That's kind of what they needed to prove. They needed to show that they've reworked it or you know improved. I'm putting that in quotes. But even that like pulled out shot of like this is the open world. Like there's games that look better than that open world right now that I'm sure. playing, and like that's like you know it's not worrying to me because I still like that the. the I like Halo. I like the aesthetic of Halo. Yeah. Like it'll be awesome. But like I just I just was surprised that that wasn't like, whoa, this looks completely different now uh, yeah. because they took some time to, to give it a pass. This is this is just part of the reason why I think Microsoft's conference was very good, but not perfect. I think a lot of people people who prefer or are looking forward to Halo's multiplayer, they're really excited and they're like, this is an awesome conference. But people like me who were unimpressed with the single player demo from last summer. We were looking to see, okay, what's, what, what, how has this been sort of reworked? Does it, is it actually going to look next gen now? And they just didn't show anything. So that was kind of like, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, I liked Microsoft Conference. I'm really impressed yeah. with the game slate that they sort of revealed in the month by month sort of games hitting Game Pass. I think that that's a strong message that came across really well. Um, but they didn't, they didn't show a lot of gameplay. Um, and that's traditionally something that Xbox has sort of leaned into and been a point of pride for them. Like, we're about to show you 90 minutes of just games being played and they're all going to look awesome. And like, they definitely dialed back on that this year. And it was a lot of cinematics and a lot of pre-rendered sort of mood pieces, which, um, it, you know, I don't know. I, that, that's not necessarily a choice that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we could have seen more of these games in action. Was 76 the only other Bethesda game they showed? Uh, no, because there is Redfall. Yeah. That so Redfall like, is Bethesda. Okay. That was their one well, thing. It's Arcane. Yeah. Arcane Austin, right. I think. Who, who yeah. was published by Bethesda or was. Yeah. That, okay. That makes sense. Which I was Yeah. I, I, I thought there'd be like some like Wolfenstein doomy stuff in there. Like uh, that would be like, you know, something. I just thought it'd be the full suite of Bethesda. But like, I'm not disappointed with, with what Bethesda is mm. showing. It's just, man, like the addition of Bethesda as a wild card and, and everything Microsoft now is so cool. Like all, those yeah. showcases are just automatically have this like huge swath of potential that they didn't have before. And I think Microsoft, you know, as an E3 yeah. presence, just m- more exciting. Mm-hmm. It's like Microsoft owns Doom now. It's like, man, yep. this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. 
The only one that will feel weird to me is if Elder Scrolls Six is uh, is exclusive because I, I don't yeah. know why Elder Scrolls just feels like a public utility. Like you should just <laughs> I mean, piped I, I, into your home. That's why yeah. I still wouldn't be surprised if Starfield. You know, it's a new game, a new IP. Make that their exclusive, but then Elder Scrolls Six somehow right. i'm sure they have to work there's it out behind no the scenes. way there's no way <laughs> really we're dreaming I mean, okay I, I don't i don't care either way i have both I, consoles it doesn't matter to me yeah i just like microsoft owns it like there's no way well um, i think it's important to point out that not everyone does own both consoles i like They're it so hard to get and it's, i like it when crazy things happen important. that will change uh, the industry forever, and that would be such a thing. So I would definitely sit back yeah. and enjoy the fireworks of that one, Justin. Listen, PlayStation it- fans, Final Fantasy was on Nintendo systems, all right? Yeah. And when it went on to Sony <laughs> systems, I stopped playing Final Fantasy. I was really, really <laughs> mad about it. I thought that was a really, real dick move on uh, Square's part, because this is before Square Enix. So uh, I spent years and years and years not playing Final Fantasy games until uh, I decided to dip back into them when you know they went multi-platform again. Um, and they never really went back to Nintendo, but it happens. It, it sucks. Yeah. You lose your big RPGs on a system when they go exclusive. Yeah, I mean, I I think that there's no chance that 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 Elder Scrolls Six comes to PS5. But the one the one thing is that Microsoft has Game Pass, and that's very important to them, and that makes them look very good compared to uh you know compared to PlayStation Now. It can't quite stack up. I also um, I also do think that Skyrim Two or Elder Scrolls Six will not come to uh, Xbox Series X either because it's a generation away. <laughs> it's it's many, that game does not exist yet, but if. <laughs> If that game were to come to Sony, what they would do is say, it's free on Game Pass, play it right now, and then in six months, you can pay $70 to get it on your PlayStation 5, and then it's just, it's a chance for them to make more money and just (laughs) make the competition look a little bit bad in the process. I think you'll be playing it on xCloud on your PlayStation. Mm. I mean, maybe. On my my Switch. Yeah, on your Switch, for that matter. Your Switch Pro. It's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. No, I think uh, you can already pull up. A, people have already done like they pull up a browser window on you know some weird system like Switch yeah. or something, and then and then play you know Xbox games. That that's that's already possible. Well, it speaks is I think it speaks to the fact we were discussing a second ago. Look, I'm not a big Halo guy, as evidenced by the fact that I couldn't pull the developer, but. Um, it, the fact that they're sort of leading with multiplayer and uh, I, I, even though I'm not a Halo guy, even I had like nostalgic feelings around, oh, this does look like it's going to take me right back to those land parties in mm-hmm. high school for me. And uh, maybe I got to maybe I want to do that again. That looks that seems pretty fun with the grapple shot and whatever. And uh, I think the same logic sort of applies to what they're doing with Game Pass. And it's very smart. They they just seem to have found this groove where they're all about building community and ecosystem and almost transcending the physical technology, mm-hmm. right? And just being like, we're not about that. It's just in the cloud. Here's your games. They just rain down on you. And uh, there's some flaws with that strategy in the short term, but I actually think it's very savvy in the long term. Yeah. It is interesting having Bethesda underneath Microsoft and PlayStation not participating, there's like no way to promote Deathloop or Ghostwire Tokyo mm-hmm. at E3. Yeah. It, it kind of just puts them in a bind, right? It's just, it yeah, puts, well, uh, these are big games they've got coming up this year that they couldn't do anything for. 
And so, you know, there's rumors that Sony is going to have a standalone showcase mm-hmm. sure. soon in the yeah. summer. And, th- and then that's part of why Square Enix had such a weird show is that maybe Final Fantasy VII Part Two, or mm-hmm. um, you know, sixteen, or any number of those games that were just inexplicably not at E3? Maybe they'll be on stage at something that Sony's planning. But um, that's a lot of that's you know that's a lot of ifs that sort of mm-hmm. stack up in a row on that one. Yeah, yeah. We got um, that FF game where the guy in the black T-shirt won't shut up about killing chaos. Chaos. All he talks about. <laughs> that was one of the weirdest reveals of the show. I thought that but, was so odd. But bef- let's, I want to make sure we have time to talk about Nintendo uh, and Breath of the Wild. I think I liked Nintendo's show the most this year. Uh, great. Yeah, it was just it's just like short and concise, and they showed off a lot of games, and they gave a lot of release dates, and they showed the most mm-hmm. important one, of course, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild 2. Gave it a release year, 2022, that they're aiming for. Um, womp, yeah, womp, so like, womp. Obviously, Sam, uh, you, you, you like yourself a little bit of Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Did, the, did the short... Little gameplay footage that they showed. What did that do for you? Yeah, it showed me that they are transforming the existing map, like in a, a, a in a you know dark world kind of way, where there's like there's going to be a big sky component to it, and things below it are going to be different because it looks like you know it, it, it's it's returning to that same idea. I I could I mean all I want is just more Breath of the Wild. Like there's this, they'd be really hard for them to to mess that up, and this just looks just. It looks great. I, I love how they're expanding on the things I like about it, like the new physics stuff. I, I think the new, um, uh, did you see like climbing is going to get that weird kind of, I can shift through rocks climbing up. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. they're taking these mechanics, right <laughs> which are already like really, really fun in the game. Uh, the things I liked to explore the world with basically the, your hands in the game, you know, the way you explore and they're just expanding on those, which I think is great and uh, looks fantastic. Uh, uh, just uh, switch is going to be, you know, behind, uh, every year now and this game is stylized in a way where it just still looks really cool just looks mm. gorgeous the cutscenes, oh my god like they're just so cool looking yeah no, no, I mean, nothing to and i have no revelatory there's so much speculation about this and i've been reading all of it and it's really bad people are bad at this and so i'm not going to even get get into that um but uh but because there's just so little that we know about it mm. you know justin what'd you think i think there's there's two ways to answer what Nintendo's conference was. There's how did they do overall? Did they do what they need to from an industry standpoint? And then there's like the Justin Davis review of that conference, which is they announced, you know, sequels or brand extensions to three of my top five favorite games <laughs> of all time, including ones that I've made my peace with that were just gone forever. Yeah. And I do appreciate, I laughed out loud at, there were like dozens of Twitter replies. It's like, has anyone checked in on Justin? Is he Okay. Um, I mean, no, because they announced a new. They announced the remake of Super Monkey Ball One and Two. Yeah, that which was crazy. If you're a big mania. monkey, if you're a big Monkey Ball fan, that's all you really want. You can't trust any Monkey Ball game that has a jump button. <laughs> so there's I've no like, yeah, there's no like upresed versions of those right now, right? So like this no. is like a cleaned up version. Well, so it's Monkey Ball One and Two, and then it's Monkey Ball Deluxe, which was already a package of One and Two, but had new levels in it. And mm. so you know, it's sort of exactly. They, they included the stuff that people care about and left out the stuff that people don't care about. They did it exactly the right way. And then I hope that that, well, and they announced a remake of Advance Wars 1 and 2. And yeah. Way Forward is making it. Did you see that, Damon? Yeah, that I did see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I didn't perfect. think that Advance Wars looked very good. 
Well, no, it did look better. I looked at it in the treehouse. So in the trailer during the direct, I didn't mm-hmm. care for it. But in the treehouse uh, extended look at the gameplay, um, you see that the characters actually, they almost look like claymation. They look like little diorama okay. characters. They're not just like crappy 3D models. They're meant to look kind of like toys. Yeah, I, well, I can tell uh, the toy aesthetic. I'm, I, I thought that was a weird choice, too. But I, I then, like it, it. Probably looks better, and I should I should watch the treehouse segment. So if this gameplay cuts back to the field, you'll see that they're actually playing on a board. Like mm-hmm. it looks like a chess board. So it's mm-hmm. like they're 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 doing something aesthetically that I didn't pick up on in the trailer. And like yeah. Advance Wars is one of my favorite games of all time. And I just I made my peace with the fact that Fire Emblem won and mm-hmm. Advance Wars was gone. And so I lost my mind when this was announced. Um, and then, you know, and then Metroid Dread, like yeah. it, it's, it's unbelievable. So, you know, I don't know, like they don't have a big Q4 game and Zelda's still a year away and they only showed us two minutes of it and no Splatoon and no, no Switch Pro. Like there's a laundry list of stuff that they didn't do, but I was like hyperventilating on a personal level <laughs> by the end of that direct. Uh, it was, it felt like it was tailor made for me personally. The only thing missing was, uh, was F-Zero. Yeah. But man, every- I'm worried about Metroid. I reviewed the last one that was a remake, and you know, it, it's. I'm glad that it's mainline, but like, I think Fusion was a pretty low point in that series, and I'm worried about following on to that. Um, but I Fusion, watched the Fusion trio segment. It. Yeah, I watched the trio segment. And like, I I kind of like the stuff where it's like pulling behind Samus for this one weapon, and like ch- and going like full 3D, and like it looks like. It's crazy to see this not on a portable system. Like it's a mm-hmm. 2D, yep. you know, Metroid game that'll look good in your television. Like that's pretty cool. So we'll see how that, it goes. Yeah. That was another game. Metroid and Advance Wars, I didn't think showed that good during their, you know, just during the whatever two minute segment they had in the show. And then the treehouse segments for both like put my mind at ease. Um the treehouse segment for Metroid, you know, Samus moves so quickly and transitions from room so to room so fast. fast. I really and, like that. And the animations look so fast and smooth. Um, it, it was uh, it, it like I'm not worried about it anymore. I think it looks really, really great. But um, you know, I do know what you mean about Mercury Steam and the work they put into the 3DS version. But um, but you know, this is a full on sixty dollars Switch game this time around. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited. It's so funny they brought back that kind of leaky code name yeah. like just rumored name that like they use they're using it they're, it's just so funny. i mean yeah it's, we have ign like mid-2000s era ign was like reporting on metroid dread the next and metroid it was game mentioned and, in prime three yeah like it's yeah, that's where like the tease came easter from. egg yeah so but then we had like some articles on like you know metroid dread not dead i think that was a <laughs> Craig Harris headline. And then it would yeah. show up on our list of games on life support for years. Yep. And then it just disappeared completely. We just accepted that it was gone. No, no, no. years. E3 well, 2021 Metroid yeah. Dread. And like, I can't like I, Super Metroid's my favorite game of all time. And the Metroid games have like pretty deep lore. Like there's, yeah. and like, they're like, it's a canonical. It messy with a, other M. So it's like, if you cut that out, though, th- there's a, c- well, a couple of games right in a row, which make a lot of sense. And I strongly get the impression that they're ignoring other M since they call yeah. this Metroid five and they called, Fu- <laughs> they called fusion Metroid four. So it's like, well, yeah. and then prime is all prequel to all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, I think prime one, two and three all take place between Metroid one and two, but even well, so right. they're sort of like them. they're off on their own. Um, yeah. And so like this, 
franchises, long running franchises fall into a trap where they don't like to push the fiction forward anymore. They go back and tell prequels and side stories mm-hmm. and other stuff. And for them to come back 19 years later and have a canonical sequel that they say is going to like conclude Samus's story. It's like, damn, they're going for it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm pumped. There's a, uh, they showed a, like a computer. That's a mother brain in yep. the uh, trio segment. Yeah, that's not really a spoiler. It's in the treehouse segment, but like there, and it's like, what are you, what are you doing, Galactic Federation? Don't be <laughs> yeah. using Mother Brain as your like well, computer. And AI they did core. that in in Prime Three. There is a little bit of Mother Brain stuff where you're yep. like on these planets, and there was like a mainframe, but they didn't make it like a big gross brain, and they totally did in in this game, which I thought was cool. Yeah. What I, what I would want for Metroid more than anything though is my my favorite Metroids have a a biological and archaeological environment to to, to explore, and not just digital and yeah. space stations and there is a little part in this where you come out into like a like a planetary landscape and i was like that's what i want to explore that's what i want to see even though i understand that part of metroid is the labs and where the metroids are being made and stuff but i'm a little like yeah i i didn't like fusion for one for a little bit of it because it was like all on a space station like, that's yeah. not as cool a metroid for me. yeah i noticed that as well but man with a, a 2d metroid monkey ball advanced wars and WarioWare. The whole thing was giving me early to mid two thousands vibes. It's awesome. That's <laughs> what I was playing back then. All those games and WarioWare, yeah, yeah, that's War- a really good point. Yeah, and like WarioWare is, uh, you know, fifty bucks, which is a little bit odd, especially from Nintendo. Where like, you know, they'll charge sixty dollars for anything. So, um, <laughs> but it, it's like it's one of those things. Like, I don't know. Like, how excited can you be about new WarioWare? But the tr- truth is, like. I will buy this and I will play it more than <laughs> like many games that were revealed in E3 oh, 2021. So it's like, Super Mario just Land. don't, yeah, just don't, don't overthink it. Like just buy it. You'll have a great time. Michael yeah, I, used to, I used to hundred percent all of these. Yeah. Michael Swain, what'd you think about the Nintendo show? Oh, I, I loved it. I, uh, it's interesting because what Sam mentioned, I a thousand percent agree with as far as the biological Samus stuff. And hmm. I had the reverse hunger watching the breath of the wild two trailer where i I felt like are we gonna see anything underground any dungeons and i know much (laughs) has been made of that but ironically for how short it was uh, i am willing to wildly speculate or at least (laughs) reference some speculation i've seen because it was edited so masterfully Mm -hmm. to the point where it's one of the most productive and not to just plug the site but like uh, trailer rewinds we've done because I watched that and it blew my mind how much I'm like, oh yeah, almost every frame has a clue to something mm-hmm. actionable, like mm-hmm. a, a new gameplay ability or uh, something that reveals like an aspect of the game. And so I do think it, I think they want us to speculate and I think it's fun to engage in speculation. And some of the stuff I've seen is, you know, wondering about how they're going to split the, uh, the islands in that are floating through the sky versus the ground level versus the dungeon level. If there is a dungeon level, mm-hmm. uh, if there's still going to be those physics based like shrine dungeons, or if we might get something more like an ocarina dungeon, uh, you know, a full on traditional dungeon. And uh, I was just really intrigued also by all the speculation that we might see a dual protagonist here. You never see uh, quote unquote links face in the ground segments and mm-hmm. uh, they have different length hair, and I believe one has yeah. a robot arm and one doesn't. So mm-hmm. there's something going on there, and I think that's really exciting because uh, I am a huge fan. It's funny, I tweeted like 
because uh, they're being coy about the subtitle because they're worried it'll give away the plot. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted something like, the subtitle's just going to be uh, more with some variation because the plot is not why you play Breath of the Wild. It's the environment, the uh, puzzles, and the just feel and vibe of it. And I think everyone pretty much agrees there that the story, whether you like it or not, or how it's dispensed, is very simple and like you navigate through it and that's fine but you want to wander around and explore stuff and i think they've obviously learned that the traversal was revolutionary and we need to keep doubling down on that and like expanding the ways link can traverse the environment i cannot wait to paraglide ideally from a floating island all the way down to like a ravine oh but you Uh, can't because they're ten thousand years apart or they might be separated in time or whatever. Do we explicitly know that or is that? No, 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 that's me just, that's me just being a, that's, yeah. Yeah. He's riffing on all the, all the, the, the speculation yeah. I was talking about. Although you know, they so are, they are giving a full dual protagonist, like I just think any structural change to the core plot is really exciting to me, uh, which so is why, you the, know, the like I like thing. Wind Waker in theory, just because it's off the beaten path of Zelda. Yeah. So we we wrote up that story that the um that the, the title is being held uh for now because it has something to do with you know a reveal in the game which doesn't make sense because if that's released two months ahead of the game then who cares you you still you still have to reveal the title it's pretty interesting uh, but I, I you know obviously a lot of people are trying to think on that but uh it's funny Breath of the Wild doesn't mean anything no it just doesn't mean anything like what, what oh literally that, the words yeah but they, some of yeah, them but I mean, some like, of them already, do. Like some well, some Zelda titles are more spoilery okay. and give away stuff about the premise than others. Yes, yeah. but but so if they're going to change this entirely, if it's Legend of Zelda something 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 that's not Breath of the Wild, or if it's Breaths of the Wild, or Breath of the something else, or something else of the Wild, Epona's like, Revenge. Yeah, <laughs> I'm it on. It's probably... confusing to think of what they're going for, but they clearly are not going for. I, I don't think Breath of the Wild two. So I saw you know also like could that be mean it's Breath of the Wild zero? You know, it's like I don't. It's, yeah. it's it's getting pretty interesting but breath of the wild if they released that ahead of you know when they told us that name like everybody's just it sounds weird still to me it's probably mm-hmm. the legend of zelda colon you play as link zelda and ganon they're all three <laughs> yeah. parts of the triforce and it's perfect comma yeah. 1000 years ago yeah it's like the cruella of zelda games you find out ganon's <laughs> just super misunderstood that's all the Disney villain movies. Yeah. You're making you're making a goof, but like that's a very plausible, <laughs> very plausible theory. True, it happened. I think that I think Ganon's backstory in Ocarina of Time has a little bit of sympathy for Ganon. I think it's pretty interesting, um, just because they like he's like he, he grew up as like the only male kid in this desert of you know thieve women. Like it's it's pretty interesting how they kind of just leave that for you to to uh, discover mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah, for sure. My other big takeaway was obviously the no animal crossing mention mm. um, only because that's fascinating to me because I wonder if it's another in Nintendo's like historic line of occasionally just quirkily stopping supporting something, even though it's printing <laughs> well, them money no Pokemon or, either. So no, no, no Pokemon, Pokemon or animal yeah. crossing. And those are their most widely accessible games that people that watch E3 don't really pay attention to. Those people that play those games don't pay really attention to E3. So I was thinking like maybe the marketing for clearly the marketing for Pokemon is standalone sometimes, right? They just do a, a Pokemon direct. Oh, is that yeah. what it is? Um, that makes sense. 
Yeah, but maybe for Animal Crossing, they're going to start doing like a completely different marketing strategy. Like this is going to be the Animal Crossing people we're targeting and just has nothing to do with this. Anymore. Or I was wondering if they felt or have like acknowledged that something about the global shutdown was very instrumental to what, uh, not that animal, not the new horizons wasn't a fantastic game that would have like taken up mind share anyway, but it was like the way to survive quarantine. And mm-hmm. I wonder if as that shifts, they will feel like they don't need to support it as much, but no, that's interesting. Do, obviously. I mean, they definitely like, and this is coming from someone animal crossing was my 2020 game of the year. Like mm-hmm. I, I absolutely adored it, but like they've, Drop the ball a little like, you know, the year two version of the year one events are like almost identical. Like, I don't feel like that game has really been supported to the degree that I thought it would be like, there there was some really meaningful, like, Oh, you can dive in the ocean now. Like I don't, I don't want to discount that stuff, but I was personally hoping for more meaty uh, additions to that game. And it's, it's it doesn't give off like a live service game vibe to mm-hmm. the degree that I thought it would and hoped it would. Whereas Splatoon did. So it's like, why, you know, you, you know, you know, the pattern here, you know how to pull this off Nintendo. Like why, why not do this for Animal Crossing? It's just different pace. Strange. There were still a few big leaks this year. The Starfield release oh, yeah. date leaked shortly before the Microsoft conference, the Mario plus Rabbids sequel leaked ahead of Ubisoft, which we can talk about in just a second, but Metroid dreads, to my knowledge, there was no hint whatsoever that that was ever going to be revealed. So I mean, unfortunately, they let that that fly in uh, 2003 with Metroid Prime 3. <laughs> is that true Not- of Redfall as well? Because that was completely a surprise to me. Yeah, I uh, there was we a way, way long ago reference to the trademark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a, a, a dispute about the trademark. They did a good job keeping the most of it under wraps. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Redfall, Redfall is an area in the in Tamriel, the the land that the Elder Scrolls games take place. And so a lot of people thought when that was trademarked that um, that they were giving away where, the, where Elder Scrolls 6 takes place. But nope, turns out it's a super rad looking vampire game. Cool, cool trailer. But like you said, Justin, it was a CGI yeah. trailer that didn't show us any gameplay, right? Well, and, you know, I trust Arcane implicitly and will play everything they ever make, but they do make these sort of atmospheric first person, um, you know, story driven you know, Bioshocky games. And so mm-hmm. them shifting into a multiplayer focused thing is um, a lot of people express some disappointment about that, which like, you know, I think it looks cool enough and unique enough that like, you know, let's go, I'm all on board, but I do understand some people that like, this isn't what they necessarily want arcane to be doing. But they're doing death loop also. It's like, you got to let them try stuff. I don't know. Yeah. But death loop also has like a multiplayer component if you want it to. Right. That's true. But it does feel more like a spiritual successor to Dishonored. Uh, only in this the one. Of, this I get this more of the sense feels of like, like there won't be a story, or the story necess- well, won't be on well, rails in any way. I get the sense that maybe this is like a Borderlands style cooperative shooter, mm-hmm. or oh, yeah. I think it's a Left for Dead. I think okay. it's like a, a, left, a left for yeah. Blood. So you think it's like that's pretty good, Sam. You think it's like <laughs> instance, like you like we're gonna play a game of Redfall and it's gonna last us an hour and then it'll be done and then maybe we'll play another game of it. It's not like a campaign that you play through. That's what I'm guessing, but I could be wrong. We really don't yeah. know. I mean, we didn't see any yeah. gameplay, so we just know it's very much playing on it that trope of people, like right? roles. Yeah, the, yeah, it's four yeah, people well, so. and they have very clear roles that complement each other yeah for sure look at that cool elevator oh this game looks so cool the elevator's awesome yeah i keep seeing people call it a phone booth i'm like no you idiots it's an (laughs) elevator clearly what's happening with an elevator 
Oh, that's one of her powers is to create a spectral elevator that like catapults people up. The caster. Oh, uh, okay. I haven't memorized the names yet. Why are these vampires so mean? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to bring up. How do we feel about vampires as as a stand-in for like I do get very strong left for dead or back for blood vibes. Almost, then uh, they just swap zombies for vampires, right? I kind of yeah. like the uh, well, the, yeah. I kind of like the different ways vampires will come at you and how that differs from a zombie. Like just flying straight at you is kind of fun. Uh-huh. Well, there's like the magics, the deceptions. Yeah. There's a lot of these types of games right now, but I don't think any of them are just purely zombie shooters right now. Cause like back yeah. for blood, they're kind of monstrous. Uh, Rainbow six. What is it? Ed, Ed, extraction. Ed, extraction. Those are aliens here. Are they're vampires, you know, it's true. Zombies have become, just like aberrations yeah in a lot of I, more recent yeah games. i mean there, there's definitely i think it went from zombie fatigue to a little bit of zombie rejection at this point yeah maybe i don't know how people i think that might be a a, a, you know, a mark against a game in some cases although people are pretty excited for some zombie games coming out right like say the k2 three 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 uh one of the pleasant surprises of the show for me was guardians of the galaxy yeah, like, that that looks cool. I, I, after um, Marvel's Avengers, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I played a few hours of that; wasn't really for me. But they like they just right out the gate, they're like Guardians of the Galaxy is a single player, you know, campaign game where you play as one character. And it's like okay, and I really I really liked like the look of the aliens and the idea that you're going to be planet hopping and traveling around all these cool exploring these cool alien worlds. I'm totally on board. Like, yeah, I immediately understood the RPG elements here. It's yeah. just like, it, 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 I, I got them from knowing Guardians of the Galaxy, from knowing Mass Effect, from knowing, you know, how these 3D RPGs work. I'm like, oh, I, I can call on these people and have them do their actions and mm-hmm. things. Like, it just it looks like a, exactly a, a great type of game. And then the dialogue was great. And yeah. I loved how they, they, they spotlighted the dialogue options. And they were funny and they were fun and they were interesting. I, I think that's, that's the best case scenario for Guardians. Mm-hmm. Justin, you're playing Mass Effect. Oh, sorry. Well, I'll get you Uh, in just a sec, but Justin, you're playing Mass Effect. You're going to have room in your gamer heart to do some more planet hopping later this year? It is strong Guardians of the Galaxy. There is strong Mass Effect vibes there. You play... My thing about Guardians is um, you play as the most boring Guardian. Yeah. Um, So, you know, like, it's the safe choice there, and I guess he's the leader of the group, so it's like it's hard to imagine the gamers not stepping into the shoes of anyone. Except Peter Quill, but um, that's um, uh, one thing that I'm I'm a little bit. It's very safe that that particular choice, um, yeah. or the fact that you can't switch and play between all of them. Yeah, I do agree with that, um, and I, I understand if people are like surprised that it's not like a cooperative game or even a game where, as you say, it, you could choose. Maybe it's like mission based, and it's like, okay, which guardian are you going to be on this mission? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Swim, you're going to say something. Oh, well, I was basically going to agree with what Justin just said so eloquently, but I I'm going to try and reserve reserve judgment about the fact that I'm locked into Peter Quill. But every cell in my body wants to on the fly flip between the characters and employ their (laughs) different skill sets myself. Like I want to smash someone as Groot, you know, L2 and become Rocket (laughs) and then like zoom around and shoot like I. All I wanted was to switch between them fluidly. They have such different fighting styles. You got brutes, you got sword fighters, you got, you know, ranged weapon mm-hmm. people on the team. Um, so that was a bitter disappointment to me. <laughs> but I'm going to reserve judgment because, of course, 
Uh, I haven't played the game. I don't know how it's structured. I might play it and go, no, that was the right creative decision that really kept me in the story or it was built in such a way that that made sense. But that felt very weird to me. And it felt weird that they were touting it as like, and you can't be Peter Quill. And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, we're not uh, like, I think that criticism, like you and I just voiced it. So I think it's super valid, but like in terms of video games, like store, like I'm going to sit down and play through, you know, a 12 to 15 hour story. And here's a video game that's coming out this year. Like there's not, there's not that many of them. So, no. you know, like, yeah, I'm super, super happy. I think Guardians is coming out at the right time as long as it doesn't get delayed. Like, I think it's going to enjoy a nice moment in the sun in, like, early fall. Sam, are you going to stream this on your Switch? <laughs> I saw that. No, I think it'd be funny if they let you build a quill so you could actually do a Mass Effect character, which is, like, more int- because anything, anything you build is going to be more interesting than default Quill, because that is the most like boring character in the Marvel Universe. It's also kind of annoying. Like I, I like th- that character, uh, you know, is is put in a position of leadership and is like everybody on that team is generally more talented than he is. And I don't, I don't think the theme works really. He's got, he's got a bumbling leader, which I hate. Yeah. Also, he makes everybody listen to his music, and like that's so bothersome. It's just like, that's like, he's like, everybody really liked the music that my mom made for me. I think that's a really bad assumption to make. Also, well, yeah. Also, like, is there no other music that he can listen to out in the galaxy? <laughs> it's, I think it's embarrassing. <laughs> um, we're starting to run. But I do like time. how they include the, uh, they had uh, John Jett in this. Of course, the runaways are in uh, the, uh, the, the movie. Cherry, so cherry I, bomb. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm interested song. to see how this goes. Yeah. Problem is, you can't say I hate this song because it'll be, hey, my dead mom gave me that. Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's just, it's, it's, all right. We're starting to run long on time. Are there any, uh, there are obviously a lot of other games we could talk about, but anything that um, was notable to you that we didn't hit swim? Yeah, absolutely. I, if I'm forgetting already if we touched on it, but I don't think we talked about the Ubisoft conference and, uh, no. There were I, that was the conference that really made me feel my age because I was watching chat and all the games that people said dead game at WTF is this I was like that actually seems pretty fun <laughs> like um, Rocksmith Plus I yeah. already purchased Rocksmith because I was like oh Guitar Hero with a real guitar I remember mm-hmm. playing Guitar Hero back in the day and saying someday someone will do this with a real guitar somehow Rocksmith missed me so they already got my money on that I'm definitely going to do Rocksmith Plus and uh, I. It's such not my traditional style of game that I would normally appeal to me, but I thought Writer's Republic looked really, really fun. Oh, it looked awesome. Um, So I was weirdly, oh, and then, of course, the Far Cry 6 DLC. What a great idea, because I just, anytime, I mean, it's the the best Arkham levels, the Scarecrow level, right? Like, anytime (laughs) you can take one of these games and reskin it as, uh, oh, you're in their mind, or this is a dream, or they're on drugs right now. I always end up loving those levels so much. So this seems mm. like kind of like Far Cry Blood Dragon. It's uh, an entire you know gaming experience that's just those levels, or primarily at least the trailer focused on weird, surreal, psychedelic stuff. And I really love that. So I thought Ubisoft made a strong showing with a lot of filler in between the things I just mentioned. <laughs> but yeah, um, but that was kind of how all the showcases were. You know, you, your gaming interests are specific to you, so you can't like everything. Yeah, bringing these villains back for Far Cry was a big surprise to me. It's an interesting idea. I hope there's more to it than just giving them a gun, having them shoot through some enemies to an exit of the level. 
you know, I mean, the, the trailer is crazy. Like it feels like yeah. they're being pulled into some kind of metaphysical space and yeah. I don't know. It's cool. And, and even, yeah, Damon, I hope you're right. I hope it um, uh, is actually doing something interesting from a gameplay and storytelling standpoint, but like all of those actors and those roles and those characters, like they made such a mark and a stamp that like, it's a treat, even if it's just total fan service, like it's a treat yeah. just to be able to get them back for one last ride. Yeah. And blood dragon is back in the, um, Season pass and as well. Blood Dragon. They didn't. They didn't elaborate on that. Uh, but they're also Sam. Are you happy for a new Mario plus Rabbids? Yeah, I mean, I, I only played part of that game, and I don't know if it'll oh, hold my attention. Right. Turn based. Uh, that's right. Yeah, it takes a while for me to get into those. We'll see. I'll have to choose between that and Advance Wars. How does that sound? It's more flexible though, no, Sam. You can run in like a circle instead of yeah. a grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. nice. <laughs> Would anyone consider themselves excited about an Avatar game? Are you asking us or anyone in the world? <laughs> well, you three, but I also have my suspicions about the wider gaming audience. No, but Not particularly. Uh, like buried in the sort of boilerplate, like Ubisoft text about that game is that it's actually like a first person, you know, action exploration game. Mm-hmm. It sounds it sounds a little bit like a Skyrim on the planet of Pandora. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. <laughs> so you know, maybe like it looks gorgeous and, um, you know, the team making it is really talented. So, um, that's another one where, well, let's look and see how the actual yeah. gameplay looks. I'm going to call this one annoying Skyrim for now. Okay. I like it. Um, all right. That's another E3 in the books. There is a lot more we could talk about, but, um, that would mean we wouldn't have time for video game 20 questions and that would be ridiculous. Right. So, <laughs> That brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Wasim from Victoria, British Columbia. And he says, here's an interesting stat that I thought Justin would appreciate. Golden Axe was the game that was chosen last week from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. A couple years ago, I had also sent over the same game. And I am from Victoria, British Columbia. So can we deduce that all Canadians love Golden Axe? They must. I bet, if we logic- him, I bet if we asked him, CJ said, would say he likes Golden Axe. Maybe Canada is more of a Genesis country than a Super Nintendo country. We know Jeff Keighley's thoughts on Golden Axe. <laughs> uh, a, a few, maybe a while back, a month back, CJ came over um, to our place for dinner for Taco Tuesday, and now he's back mm-hmm. in town. And yesterday, he just texted me, "Taco Tuesday." So we're <laughs> at, our friendship's at the level where CJ's inviting himself over to our Taco Tuesdays now. Excellent, excellent. Anyway, let the questioning begin. Could this have appeared at any E3? Yes. As I met as a have how many met, has there been twenty five E3s? Give or take. I mean yes, this onwards. would have been the twenty sixth one if last year it happened. Mm. Uh have we mentioned the publisher at some point during the this episode? No. Oh man! Oh no! <laughs> Fun. But we, who did we not talk about? A claim. Yeah, we talked about Monkey Ball, but we Midway. didn't Sega Sega by name. Atari. Konami. Uh, yeah. Did the, did this game come out originally? Come out in the nineties? No. Crap. Is this an action game, an RPG, or a shooter? Yes. Still cracking me up. Um, yeah. Is this a shooter? Yes, that's five. I knew it. 
Good work. How did you know? All right. We didn't mention this, the publisher. We could still could nail be, down be, time period. Activision. Yeah, it could be Activision. Is this a military shooter? No. Cool. <laughs> Unlikely to be Activision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but was this game released after 2010? No. It's a 2000s game. Mm, okay. Or an 80s game, but. There's less of those. Oh, good point. Oops. I mean, you said it could be at E3, but I mean, if that's because... That's right. Uh, Yeah, that's how we know. No, so it's got to be a 2000s game. But he's making... It could be a jokey joke because it could have been in a collection. It probably was. Is this an 80s game? No. Okay. Oh, it's a 2000s game. All right. Uh, I don't know. Was this game developed in Japan? No. I'm really thrown off by us not mentioning the publisher because we worked our way through a lot. A lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. Do you play a human being? Yes, that's 10. Is this a primarily online multiplayer game? No. Is this a sci-fi game? No. So you're not a soldier, but you're also not fighting aliens. But you are shooting something. Western? Yeah, it could be a West. Oh, no, we mentioned Nintendo. Could... <laughs> or, or like Godfather, like old timey. Red, what about Red Dead? Is that a shooter? I, get, mm. I mean, I guess that could have been at no, E3. But I wouldn't but... call it a shooter. I'd call it an open world something. I guess shooter. I don't know. It's a shooter and domino. Should we ask if it simulator. takes place in the past? Well, he seemed to confidently say, yes, it's a shooter. Like, it. that's clearly its genre. I, but I, That's I true. But not sci-fi, not military. What's left? Old-timey. Yeah, old-timey. Like what else? Cartoony oh, animal characters. You know, like a type stuff? Oh, yeah, or Splatoon. That's good. I mean, Nintendo Splatoon. publishes that, but like a, a Splatoon, if you will. <laughs> something what about like, like shooting Nerf or something? Well, like time splitters. Mm. That's pretty sci-fi. Yeah, that's, that's sci-fi. very sci-fi. Time travel and aliens, I believe. Definitely monkeys with guns. What about Goldeneye? Mm-hmm. Although we talked a lot about Nintendo, didn't we? Is this based on a license? No. Is this a first-person shooter? No. Okay, okay. Is this game 2D? No. That's 15. So oh, probably she's 15 already. Mm-hmm. Third person isometric, not sci-fi. That keeps throwing me. Every shooter that comes to mind is sci-fi, but it, it came out in the two thousands. So you it's play like, we've, as had, a human. we've had, and you play as a human. Yeah. We've had Kane and Lynch on this show before. Not that it couldn't be that again, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's a cover base. It's a third person shooter from that era. Army of two. Is that could, third person? It could still be like a top down shooter. It could. I think it's unlikely. It's 3D, though. Yeah, it's not military, mm-hmm. so... Far Cries are like that, right? What about Ma- Max Payne, Army of Two, mm-hmm. uh, Kane and Lynch? Do you play a, a criminal or a member That's of an organized question. crime family in the game? No. Cowboys could still be cowboys. 
They they it's like not to skirt. And let your army too. Cowboys like to skirt the law, but they I, mostly have heart, hearts of gold. If you ask me, are cowboys criminals? I don't know what I'd say. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That's what I. That's where I'm at. I'm Should right we ask if it's like cartoony or? Um, I was gonna ask. Which sounds so morbid. Like, do you shoot lead bullets that kill other human beings? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Be, or like, is it? Yeah, a, a splatoon like. He could be. Is there like a bow and arrow, <laughs> bow and arrow games? Is this game rated T or MA? Yes. So adult oriented, two thousands game by none of the publishers we've mentioned. Not an IP. You're a human being. You murder other human beings, probably. You shoot them. You're not a criminal. It just seems like Bioshock again. Yeah, but it's third person. That's sci-fi for sure, though. What's the meta here? I don't. I don't believe that there. Are, I think the meta has always been that there is no meta, and that Damon <laughs> opens email and says, "Looks good." <laughs> the meta is that there's sometimes meta, but he doesn't tell you if there is or isn't each episode. <laughs> what are we at? Seventeen. Uh, yeah, I really. I feel like we should be able to get a 2000s era third person shooter unless, you know, I don't know. Like, what about like, what about you in like an airplane? What about like Crimson Skies or Ace Combat? That would be mean. I don't know. I don't think we're going to get this one. So, uh, oh no, I, I made just, my peace with that many questions ago. I mean, we can do something about fly, uh, piloting a vehicle. Or something yeah. part of it or... Are you mostly in a vehicle in this game? No. Okay. And may I suggest you utilize your last question for the hack? Have we mentioned this game? Yes. Uh, okay. you're, not a, you're not a criminal, so it's not Kanan Lynch. Well, you could be a what, spy. You've mentioned Goldeneye. Could it just I mentioned, be Goldeneye? I mentioned, no, because that could have been at an E3. and probably was. And we mentioned Nintendo. Max Payne. I bet it's one Justin mentioned. Wait, I'm really, I'm still thrown off by Damon saying, no, it couldn't have been at an E3. No, but it it it, could have. That's what I said. Oh, 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 but we didn't mention the publisher. That's right. So it's a, we haven't mentioned the publisher. I think that we didn't mention the publisher because it's Rockstar and I think it's Max Payne. It's probably Max Payne. Because he's not a criminal, right? No, he's just a man they pushed too far. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's a criminal in the sense that he, you know, Murders unilaterally executes, he's committed manslaughter. <laughs> yeah, you know, in the same way that every video game character is a criminal. Sure, yeah, I think it's I think it's Max Payne. I think that's a great guess. It's more likely than Goldeneye. Who writes in and says no, Goldeneye? It's not Goldeneye because of the license thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's try it. Who wants to do the is, honors? Is it Max Payne? Yes, it is All Max right. Payne. That's and the reason you had we had no right pub- to get that. The publisher is because the publisher was gathering of developers who are no longer around. Wow. I never knew that name. And that later on, I don't want any brain yeah. cell in my head. Take two would yep. purchase gathering of developers and then disband. Them I don't and- think I've been, you know, video games have been my primary hobby my entire life. And I've worked in this industry professionally in one form or another for 18 years. I don't think I have ever in my life heard of gathering of developers. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, the first time I've ever yeah, heard of that. Because it, 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 what, it, and, uh, 
what, what an, an, acronym, an, an acronyms to God. Oh, oh, so, yeah. yeah. Gathering of acronyms. No, God, God mode. That's uh, what they make. I'd have to look. Oh, it up. they did all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Max Payne was 2001. Came to all PC, PS2, and Xbox all the same year. It was ported to GBA in 2003. Justin's <laughs> face right now is like, am I bad at my job? Well, I just, I'm looking at, I've just, you know, like it's Tropico and, oh, you sure. know, all, all the Blair Witch games, like all these games that I know, but I just never, Jazz Jackrabbit. Yeah. Like what? That I don't It's remember. weird. <laughs> it's a God game. Uh, and yeah, the criminal thing is I, I don't think we would categorize him, even though he is a vigilante getting revenge for his family. Not no, part of a right criminal thing. organization. I agree. Though. That would have taught, thrown us for sure. He's no Yakuza. Anyway, that's true. Anyway, you guys got there eventually. Thank you, Wasim from Victoria, British Columbia, for the suggestion. If anyone out there has their own suggestions for video game 20 questions, email them to me at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, and that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Sam, Swaim, and Justin. Thank you to Alan working behind the scenes, making this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop, and we're out.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.